the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 43, the word of the Lord reads like this. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Father, we are in need of you on tonight that you might speak clearly through these lips of clay. A word, eternal God, that might call someone who's lost to have their eternal destiny change from the lake of fire to a glorious place in heaven. I'm praying, God, that your word would call some drifter to reconcile their broken relationship, to call someone who's been half-stepping to make a full commitment to serve you and you alone. Spirit of the living God, I need you in my physical flesh that you might strengthen me to accomplish your will tonight. Can't do this without you. So I yield myself a vessel, an instrument in your hands to accomplish your will through the preaching of this gospel. Lead me and guide me. Speak through me, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be found acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength. Be my strength, my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. On tonight, we are four hours away from entering into a new year. I'm also a little skeptical about this whole New Year's thing and mentality that we have about this new year because somehow we think because the hour on the clock changes that somehow we're going to be brand new. Amen. I'm just, we're just talking right now. So, you know, you 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, you've been doing this for 40, 50, 30, for how many years you've been doing it? Every year you say the same thing, you're going to be brand new. So you've been reborn like 40, 50 times. You've been brand new every year, but every year you kind of seem to be the same. We go through this ritual of expectation and, and somewhere along the way we fail the expectation when I was listening to the 2023 video, the year review, um, at first I didn't know, I, at first I didn't know who it was that was talking, then I said, that's me. 
And then I was like, you know, it, it was like he had pulled, you know, excerpts out and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I was thinking even as I was listening to that, how many people in that message and in that introduction and preparation for 2023 had already said to themselves next year, that was in 2022, in 2023, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to be more faithful to God. I'm going to come to Bible study. I have not seen you yet. (laughs) And so here we are again, getting ready to do this thing. And so I'm I'm a little bit hesitant about, you know, going through this ritual thing. Let's, I mean, we, I think we got to do something, really got to do something different if we want something different. As I think about this whole process, um, I am, I am forced to look at where we are for real, for real, as a kingdom of God people. And it would be futile for me to be up here for the next half hour, 40 minutes, and talk to you and preach to you and wear out my voice and sweat through my suit and we go through all of that and then we come back and we be the same. And if we don't know where we are, we're more likely to keep on being the same. Can I just talk a little bit about where we are as a kingdom of people? In the United States, quiet as it is kept, the church at large is dying, rapidly dying. As a matter of fact, even look around you on tonight because it wasn't so long ago that on a New Year's night, and I remember this so clearly, even the heathens would come to church on New Year's night. Amen, somebody. They come with their weed in their pocket, their liquor bottle still in the car because they're on their way to a party, but they have to be able to say, I was at church before the New Year came in. Y'all remember that? You had to wrestle to find a seat. Because the heathens came to church. I'm telling the truth. And as we are in this place right now where the church is shrinking and many churches in 2023 close their doors forever. They're never coming back. There are others that are just barely hanging on. Hanging on by a thread going through the motions Sunday after Sunday and nothing's really changing. Nothing's really happening. And if you've got any sense of spiritual vision, you can pick up on the darkness that's spreading across our land. It's getting dark. We're so saturated with what I call the Lucifer I will syndrome. In Isaiah chapter 14, we get the I wills of Lucifer. And our culture has adapted the I will mentalities of Satan himself. Satan said, I will exalt my throne above God. I will ascend into heaven. I will sit on the mount of the throne. I will be like the most high God. 
That's the mentality that our culture has adopted, that they now think that they are God. And because now they think that they are God, they have no need of God. And so they have dismissed themselves of God. Listen to this. As if somehow dismissing themselves from God and declaring themselves holy enough that they, by their own declaration, have guaranteed themselves a place in heaven. I'm just trying to tell you how ludicrous this whole process is. The justification is the people in the church are this and they are that. And the leaders in the church are this and are that. But can I just help clarify some things? There's nobody in the church perfect. Nobody. In fact, the church is a hospital for sinners. It's not a museum for saints. This is the place that sick people go. To expose themselves to the medicine of God. Lord, help me, Jesus. Because without the medicine of God, which is the word of God, we can't get any better. And when we dismiss ourselves in our I mentality and we take on the doctrine of demons and we begin to live as if we are God, we will find ourselves with the same end as Lucifer himself. It's just the trick of the devil. It's nothing new. Same thing he did in the garden to to cause you to believe that somehow God was holding something back from you. And that you can be God. You know what he said in the garden? You could be like God. Well, guess what? They were already like God because God said, I'm going to create you in my image and after my likeness, you can be like me. So he's always promising you what you already have, but he wants you to have it without God. That's where we are in our culture right now. That's, That's what's happening all around us. Everybody thinks that their opinion is it matters and that it is preeminent over everybody else's. Now, I'm not saying your opinion doesn't matter. It does in your own little world, but it doesn't matter in the grand scope of things because you can't change what God has already established. And so we're in this, this place where it's all about the I. It's all about me. It's this I mentality that has engulfed the generation, people, to an extreme that they they don't need anything else. It's like, hey, I, get, I do me. I do me. I'm me. Do me. I do what I do want to do. And that's it. And again, it's a trap of the devil to cause you to follow a broad and wide road that will lead to destruction. One of the things that God has been pre- impressing on my heart because of such a mentality, you would think that what I'm talking about is just secular, worldly unsaved people but it's not just the secular worldly unsaved people who are being impacted by this I mentality it's also the church the church people the baptized the born again we no longer want to serve God nor anybody else but we do want to be served This is where we are. This is where the world is. And if I don't talk to the condition of where we are, I'm wasting your time and mine. And I'm not speaking for God because God is intimately interested in making sure that his people knows what they need to do. 
And so because the, the world has saturated and become influential on the church and the church now, also, even those that still come, still have abandoned this idea of being servants, but they've embraced the idea of being served because it's all about me. In fact, people even now decide, um, you know, go to church and they, they say, well, let me find out what this church has for me. Well, they don't have enough ministries for me. Well, they don't do this for me. Well, guess what? The church is an organism and you're part of the organism. And so if it's not there, maybe God sent you there to be the part that's missing. Instead of you going there to have somebody else serve you in that need that you have. I want to talk to us in 2024. I want to establish for us, this is some, a theme, this thematic idea that God has been impressing upon my, my heart and upon my mind over and over again through 2023. I want to use for a theme for 2024, serving our Savior sacrificially. And I know that everything I just said is an uphill journey. Serving, uphill journey. Serving the Savior, uphill journey. Sacrificially, way uphill journey. This is what God has been laying on my heart. This text in Mark chapter 10 that I've read in your hearing that has gripped my attention for this evening, I want to use it to talk for the subject matter tonight under the theme I want to talk from the subject matter, serving seasons of our Savior, because what I love about God is what God does is before he asks us to do anything, he does it himself. He models for us what we are to do. He doesn't just say, go do this. No, he does it himself first. He models it for us, and then he empowered us through the power of the Holy Spirit to do it, and then he sends us off to do it. Y'all still here with me? I didn't really expect a whole lot of shouts tonight. I really didn't. I don't, I don't preach for shouts. I preach for Jesus. And so as we dig into this, these serving seasons, this text begins by displaying for us the son of man's strategy for greatness. Because what happens in the text is that James and John jump rank. These are two of the disciples. They jump ranks and they get Jesus off to the side and they try to put in a pitch for a preferred position in heaven. So they kind of get him off to the side. Y'all know how some folks are. They, hey, Jesus, when we get to heaven, can, can I have the right-hand seat and, and can he have the left-hand seat? That's their question. That's, that's what they do. So they put this before Jesus and Jesus gently corrects them. And he says to them, you don't even know what you're asking for. Can you drink of the cup that I'm going to drink of? And foolishly, they say, yeah, oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I know. No, no, you don't know what you, you don't, you don't know what I'm, you don't know. Then he comes back to them and he says to them, not only can you not drink of this cup, but he says, in fact, you, you're asking the wrong person 
Because those positions, those seats are not mine to give. I'm trying to put my mind in their place and, and how disappointed they must have been that they thought that they had triangulated Jesus to, to extract from him this seat of greatness without any labor, without any commitment, but solely from a backdoor bargaining chip position. Whew, Lord have mercy. So James and John, they get disappointed and then Jesus corrects them and the other disciples get word of it and they are not pleased. So now there's tension in the text because the boys are a little upset that these have kind of put a pitch in for this preferred position. And so Jesus has to now deal with the tension amongst these disciples who are believers who are acting like a fool and they're walking with the Savior. I just threw that out to you so you know that it ain't just us that act the fool. They're walking with him. They're in the presence of God in the flesh and they're jockeying for positions. Trying to get a backdoor deal with Jesus to have the right hand seat and the left hand seat in heaven. And so after Jesus corrects them, he pulls all everybody together and um, he says to them, now let me, let me tell you. You, you want to be great. He says, now, you know, the Gentiles, when they are in these high seats of position and power, they lord it over other people. In other words, they, they lead strongly and, and, and rudely and abruptly over those other. But he says, that's not how it's going to be with you. And so it picks up here in verse 43. Yet it shall not be among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. This is the strategy that Jesus lays out for greatness in the kingdom. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, serve. That's what he says. And watch this. He says, you shall be a servant, a slave, a doulos. If you want to be great, you, you got to serve all the other people. And Jesus, I like this, he says, the greatness is not in the seat. The greatness is in the seed that you sow when you serve. If I want to be great in the kingdom of God, I've got to serve. Now, the reason why I call it a seed, serving is a seed, because you don't get immediate results. When you're serving people, listen, you're not always and very seldom will you get immediate results from the people you serve. When we had the Christmas cantata, I was in the parking lot. Serving in the parking lot with an orange striped jacket on. And the people, while I'm serving them, listen, I was, I was trying to help some people get front row parking spots. I'm trying to serve them and they about to run me over, cuss me out and everything else. While I'm serving. 
I didn't get immediate results. And he said, oh, thank you, pastor, for the front row spot. But they didn't say that. The majority of them drove right past because they was flying in the parking lot doing 35 miles an hour in a 10-mile-an-hour parking lot. I'm not lying. And as they zoomed past me and... <laughs> Then others came to the door and there were no greeters at the door. There was no ushers at the door. So I had to not only park people, I had to come to the door and open the door because the door was locked. So as I was letting people in, they didn't even recognize who I was. You know why? Because we don't recognize servants. We treat servants like they're beneath us. Like they don't matter. It's like the people who clean your buildings and your offices. You don't even, most of them don't even know their names. We treat them like they don't matter. The people in the church, they clean the church. You come in, the church is clean. Seats are clean. There ain't no stickiness on the floor. They vacuum, they buff the floors. Everything is pristine. But we walk past them like they are trash. Because they're serving. Y'all trying to, I'm trying to help you to understand. You're not getting immediate results, but you're sowing a seed. And when you're sowing the seed in serving, the seed will come up. And Jesus says the seed will come up and it will be great and it will cause you to be great. So it's not the seat that you sit in, it's the seed that you sow. That's, that's the strategy for greatness in the kingdom of God. The strategy of greatness is being a servant. And you can never be a great leader until you learn to be a great server. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In the process of leading... You should be serving. Because even when you're leading, whether you're leading on your job, you're leading other people to, you're serving them to help them become better at what they are and who they are and what they do. You should be discipling them to become what you are. Training them to be better. Training them to do whatever the job is. It's a process. You're serving. Your, 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 your role is a role of servitude even in leadership. And that's, that's another reason why a lot of folks, I don't want to be the leader. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they, they had a position. The company wanted to give them a, the, the position of leadership. I said, I don't want that. I said, well, is it more money? Yeah, it's more money. But I don't want to be nobody's babysitter. I don't want to be taking care of people. In other words, I don't want to serve. I don't want to serve people. People need to be served. Leadership is serving. Greatness is serving. But you won't get immediate results. But the greatness that Jesus is referring to is not the greatness down here on earth. He's talking about greatness in the kingdom of God. And if you're going to be great in the kingdom of God, because remember, they asked for the seats in the kingdom of God. And he said, you can't have those seats. It's not mine to give. That's to the father to give. And he says, as a matter of fact, you don't even know what it takes to get those seats and the seed that needs to be sown in order for you to sit at the right hand or the left hand of God. You can't even, you can't even serve that way. You can't even fulfill that responsibility 
unless you're able to die a sinless death, you can't have that spot. That's what he was just telling them. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. To hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.